Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. We want to wish all of you in the United States of America who are celebrating Thanksgiving. Well, we want to also wish you in Canada who already celebrated your Thanksgiving a bit early, but you guys happy Thanksgiving as well. And down here in the United States, wish everyone a happy, healthy Thanksgiving. We have so much to be thankful for and uh, living in this great country. So happy Thanksgiving. And we thank you very much for listening. We're thankful for you, our listeners, our supporters. And we also have lots to be thankful for. So however you spend it today, we hope that it is a warm and lovely day for you. Happy Thanksgiving from Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Have some turkey with us. Mass of 55, Cancree E. And that's all I'm going to say. And what does space smell like? This is Season 7 of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy, and we scour the internet to find out all this crazy information just for you. Plus, we will answer your questions this week in your mailbag segment and in the news today. Man gets tasered and catches fire. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. Einstein was a moron, Newton was a jerk, he equals nothing, it's science, science, science. Did you know that that jingle is one of the most popular ones that people commented on? It's catchy, it's an earworm. It is, it is. (laughs) Hey, tree man, tree man, a Russian man complained of intense chest pain. After some x-rays, doctors believed that he had a tumor. They performed some surgery, and the doctors could not believe their eyes. A pine tree was growing inside this man's set of lungs. The little acorns were piercing his organs, causing him to be in a lot of pain. Do you imagine? Unbelievable. His nickname, Woody. No, no, no. Okay, listen to me. Listen. <laughs> Who is the guy? Do you know anything about the guy? No, I just have a Russian man. Do you want me to look up his name? No, because I have the same fact. Do you really? <laughs> I swear. <laughs> so from time to time. So okay, for those but of you, I have it in history because it's a historical thing. <laughs> well, well, this could this could very well be a garden thing. This could be science or garden because he had a a pine tree, which we learned in a previous episode that the pine tree is the indigenous is an indigenous plant or tree to Florida. Yes, and the, the story that I got was that he inhaled it and it went down the wrong pipe. Like you would drink something and cough it up. Well, same thing happened and it went into his lung. I I, I honestly um, was thinking to myself about that guy that inhaled the seed. Yeah. And he had it surgically removed. Did he have that done by a surgeon or a gardener? <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yes, the surgeon had a green thumb. Wow, so that's a preview of what's coming up in history of totally useless information (laughs) with Nick and Roy. That's pretty cool, though. A tree was growing inside this man's lung. Exactly. Wow. So that caught your attention. It caught mine, too. That's crazy. In our solar system, all planets spin counterclockwise. So we're spinning counterclockwise for all the planets, except for one. Which one? Planet Venus 
for some reason that no one knows spins clockwise. Oh. And all the others spin counterclockwise. Scientists can't figure it out. They think there's a possibility it may have been hit by a massive, massive asteroid, which stopped it spinning and made it spin the different direction. And it just kept spinning that way from that point forward. They're not sure. Apparently, after 10 minutes of staring at yourself in the mirror, your brain starts to change things around on your face because of boredom. Okay. What? This process of distortion is a way for your brain to cope with boredom. This can explain why some people claim to have seen certain things in the mirror when staring at themselves in the past. Oh, oh, are you done, Nick? I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) You had me on that one. Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, The largest known star. Uh Now, we're we're talking about a sun, a star. Yes. Largest known is called U.Y. Scoti. S-C-U-T-I, U, the letter U, Mm -hmm. the letter Y, Mm -hmm. SCOTI. It is 2,708 times larger than our sun. So it's huge. I mean, it's huge. Our sun is huge. This is 2,000. Just to give you an idea, if you were to overlay that sun into our solar system, it would reach to Jupiter. That's how big it is. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I like that one. So, um... When you go swimming and your eyes are red, you're thinking, it must be chlorine. Maybe I'm allergic to chlorine. You go swimming a lot. Do your eyes usually get red when you come out of the pool? No, mine, for some reason, never get red, Nick, other than one time that you were here over a holiday week. Well, let me explain. Uh, I will explain myself. At this time, all this time, we thought that your eyes were interacting with the chlorine in the pool. But as it turns out, the reaction was actually of the chlorine mixing with people's urine. So that explains it. <laughs> That's right. So we know that. Okay, so it just, wasn't I in the pool. It was you're in the pool. <laughs> right. you're, in. you're in the pool. That's right. Just let that sink for a second. Okay. Whether it's the chlorine itself or the chlorine interacting with something else. But the suggestion is just wear goggles in the pool just in case. And you put up, what is that sign? It says, welcome to our ool. If you notice, there's no P in the pool. And we like to keep it that way. Yeah. Let me tell you something, though. It's it's common sense. You don't mix ammonia and bleach. And urine is loaded with ammonia. That's right. So, so it becomes poison. Don't. That's do another that. fact. We just teach people things on this show. Listen, Nick. laugh, and we learn. are so loaded, full of this useless crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's why we encourage you to bring a pen, a pencil, eyeline, crayon, whatever. Right? Most of all listeners probably have boxes of crayons. That's right. They do. The sixty-four pack with a built-in sharpener. Yeah, and one of those dull uh, scissors because they don't allow those. <laughs> That's right. The <laughs> rounded scissors. Yeah, we're very familiar with those. In our solar system, I went with a lot of, like, uh, space science. Yeah. In our solar system, that's all those gummies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah. In our solar system, the largest mountain, okay, so the largest mountain in our solar system on a planet is Olympus Mons. Olympus, M-O-N-S, Olympus Mons. Mm Mm-hmm. The largest peak, it's the tallest mountain on Mars. 
and it is at least three times higher than Everest. Wow. That's insane. It That's is. Insane. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, we're going to stay in yeah. space. In fact, not only are we staying in space, I'm going to give you my teaser. What does space smell like? Ooh. They're byproducts of this rampant combustion. There are smelly compounds called polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. Mm-hmm. Or around Roy's house after a bowl of broccoli. These molecules, <laughs> these molecules seem to be all over the universe, according to Louis Alamandola, who's with NASA uh, Research Center, and they float around forever, appearing in comets, meteors, and space dust. These hydrocarbons have even been shortlisted for the basis of the earliest forms of life on Earth. Not surprisingly, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons can be found in coal, oil, and even some food. So the final frontier smells a lot like a NASCAR race, a bouquet of hot metal, diesel fumes, and barbecue. And the reason for all of this is there are a lot of dying stars. Wow, that's cool. That's what space, See, now that's cool, folks. That's what space smells like. I mean, Nick was a little long-winded, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. As you were staring yourself in the mirror, what is that? What is going on? So my teaser was mass of 55 Cancree E. Right. Okay. That is the name of a planet. Mass of 55 Cancree E. It's believed to have a thick layer around the entire planet. The planet was originally all carbon, but then the planet got compressed as a moon and a planet. It got compressed Mm. by other planets. And that layer of carbon is now a layer, a thick layer of diamonds. Wow. So mass of 55 Cancri E is completely covered in diamonds. That is all. So Nick and I have have gone to Amazon and we booked our flight (laughs) to Cancri E. We have two shovels, uh, a big bucket. (laughs) Oh, yes. We need two really big shovels. As you're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy... Don't move. Don't move. During the Victorian period, it was normal to photograph loved ones after they've died. Can I move? Yes, you can. Because no, <laughs> usually when, you want to, when you're posing for a photo, they say, don't move. So mm-hmm. it was normal to photograph loved ones after they've passed away. People would dress their newly deceased relatives in their best clothing and put them in lifelike poses and photograph them. They did this to preserve one last image of their dead loved ones. Wow. So they take images of the dead people. Yes, they would pose them. Which is easy for the photographer, I guess, but it does tend to, you know, you better get that one good shot because you're not going to be able to be like, come on, baby, move around. Yeah, let's see you make love to the gown. That's right. Come on, work it, work it. Work it, it, work it. Instead, they're like, dig it, dig Dig it. it. (laughs) Can you dig it? During the beginning of our nation, Nick, the original colonies, the 13 colonies, Mm -hmm. it's actually, I think, before 13, but England banned Christmas. There was no Christmas in the United States. It wasn't really the United States yet. It was the colonies of England. But there was no Christmas. 
can you imagine this? I, I people that the king changed it right before the revolution, because I guess the people were mad as hell about that and wanted Christmas. And plus, they were probably upset that Santa kept calling for the rights of a flyover. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and things changed after that. They changed the course of history, thanks to Santa Claus. Uh, and the award goes to uh, the Medals of Honor were awarded. Oh. You all right there? You okay? I'm fine. Did, did one of your asteroids explode? Oh, the, did, did that make noise? Yes, it did. Oh, wow. No, that was the hydrocarbons coming out. <laughs> <laughs> what was it again? It was the, <laughs> it was the polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. You, you could say that. Yeah. Just, you don't have to say that. Just go... It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you go, good you go, I love the smell of cyclic aromatic hydrocarbons in the morning. The first official medals of honor were awarded during the American Civil War. They were awarded to Union soldiers who participated in the Great Locomotive Chase of 1862. Crazy. Yeah. You know, you know, Nick, there's so much history that people don't know about about the United States and other countries including your own mm -hmm. in the 1880s a businessman in san francisco was so popular in san francisco that he declared himself he was a bit of a nut a crazy eccentric lunatic uh -huh. but because he was so well known there he declared himself the emperor of the u.s oh how nice not only that he began to print his own money as the emperor he made his own currency but he was so well liked and well known in san francisco that most of the establishment bars would accept his money <laughs> really can you imagine this yeah <laughs> this is the true story he he called himself the emperor of the u.s good yeah. for him good for him it's good to be the emperor yeah in your own mind <laughs> you know what fork you Using forks, Nick, Nick. Now, please. This is a this is a, a PG show. It is using forks used to be seen as sacrilegious. Ooh. The widely used eating utensils were once seen as blasphemous and an offense to God. Why? Because they were quote artificial hands, and as such, were considered to be sacrilegious. You weren't really supposed to use artificial hands you use what god gave you the two hands so no wow. fork, no fork. So you ate with your hands not a fork that's correct now i'm gonna wow, give you that's really forked up it is i'm gonna give you something a bonus here so you know when you say okay and you basically take your index finger and your thumb and your three fingers to the symbol of okay yep. okay came about when the higher class people would eat their meals. They wouldn't use utensils. They would bury their heads basically in the bowl of food and eat with their hands. As the servants came around to ask them how everything was, they didn't lift up their head. They basically lifted up their hands and because their fingers were, were filled with food, they would create the symbol, which is what we know as okay today, and they would just wave to the servants and say, things are fine, they are okay. And that's where the okay came from. When wow. they, when the servants came around to ask them how things were. Wow! Until this day, this is the way Nick eats in restaurants. <laughs> That's right. Yes. No, He's no. A hell of a guest to bring to a restaurant. Yeah, I and lots of true. lots of napkins. It looks like a pig foraging for food. <laughs> I resembled that comment. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, you ready for a true or false? Yes, true. Okay, so answer this. True or false, Nick? Ben Franklin was inducted into the Kite Flying Hall of Fame. It's got to be true. It's false. Oh, jeez. Okay. But he was inducted into the International Swimming Hall of Fame. Ben Franklin was an avid swimmer. Remember we spoke on the show? He would go into the Potomac naked. Yes. He would take all his clothes off and go naked for a swim every single day. Ben Franklin was an extremely avid avid swimmer and swinger, I understand. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, But he was inducted into the Swimming Hall of Fame. Wow. I, you you know, think he peed in the pool? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Not only that, but, you know, he used a lightning rod, and so uh, that's how he created electricity. I don't think it was actually a lightning rod. I think he was just out doing the backstroke exactly. one day. Exactly. Boom. <laughs> boom. There you go. It was shrinkage. Uh, now, Roy and I are friends for more than 40 years. Speak for yourself, Nick. I just did. (laughs) John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, the founding fathers and the second and third presidents of the United States, respectively, were best friends. They died within hours of each other on July the 4th, 1826. The 50th anniversary of the adoption of the Declaration of Independence, Adams' last words were, Jefferson lives, unaware that his old friend had died earlier that day. Wow. So on July 4th, 1826, the United States lost their second and third presidents of the United States. They died within hours of each other. And then they posed them to take photos. And they hated each other. Eventually they did. That's right. They were friends, friends to the death, basically. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Thank you very much for listening. We are in over 66 countries. We're also on the iHeartRadio Talk Network all across Canada, coast to coast to coast. Thank you for listening. We have many ways for you to get in touch with us. Mainly, you go to our website, nickandroy.com. You click on Contact Us. You know, when they go to nickandroy.com, yeah. they should click on Birthdays. Why? Why? The why? Birth- why? You tell me. Tell us okay. why. I'll tell you why. Because we get email after email we do these birthday things they're like mini shows about the day that that person was born so we do an individual show for individual people for their birthdays it is phenomenal people are going crazy it is extremely inexpensive go to nickandroy.com click on birthdays it is the best gift the most ingenious gift that you'll ever get anybody they will rave about it for weeks and weeks and weeks and they'll they'll then get it for other people nickandroy.com click on birthdays nickandroy.com slash birthdays innovations ideas the totally useless information podcast presents inventions now i don't know over the years when you've gotten a flat tire have you ever used the cross jack i have yes yes so the cross jack is basically, it almost looks like a scissor, right? Like scissor that just kind of comes up and lifts up the car. Mm-hmm. It was invented by James Flippin. Flippin was a young surgeon where he was tending to a trauma case where a man was gravely injured after a car fell off its jack and onto him. Flippin had to eventually deliver the tragic news to the man's family 
And given that this was the first time delivering the news, it really is traumatizing for him. It really impacted him. So he said, let me see if I can do something about this. So there were hundreds of cases of carjack failures where the cars would slip off. So the design that he came up with features a wide cross-shaped design, increasing its stability. So the cross jack is the same old jack with a slightly new but noticeably safer design thanks to its staple base and not as many fatalities thanks to trauma surgeon James Flippin. I owned a um, MG, um, uh, an MGB car. Mm -hmm. it, and uh, it, even though it was a 1980, which is, is an antique now, but I mean, it's not that that old. MG never changed their jacks. They used their original jacks from 30, 40 years prior. Oh. They were called suicide jacks. They were literally a piece of metal with a thing that hooked on the bumper and sat in this little metal pad on the bottom. And then oh. you clicked up the car and of course they would slide out. They'd always slide out. They called them suicide jacks because people would get crushed under the car. Eesh. Another reason yep. for James flipping to flip the world on its ear and created the cross jack. Yeah. The musical instrument. No one knows who actually invented the first musical instrument. Mm -hmm. But we do now know that they date back, get ready, 30 to 40,000 years. Wow. People were banging drums and things like that. But yeah. 30 to 40,000 years. So music, the vibration and rhythm of music is built into our DNA, probably. You know, you isn't that working crazy? <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> you can bang on a drum all day. Yeah. Uh, optical lenses were invented. The development of optical lenses were pioneered, actually, by Mesopotamians and Egyptians. Nowadays, optical lenses are used in various tools like telescopes and microscopes. Magnifying lenses led humans to better understand faraway objects like stars and other planets, as well as microscopic organisms. The use of optical lenses as aids for the weak-sighted started in the 13th century, and about four centuries later, the microscope and telescope became available. Magnifying lenses expanded our knowledge of various fields of study, including biology, astronomy, archaeology, chemistry, and physics, thanks to the Mesopotamians and Egyptians. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. They were they were they had glasses back then. We think of ourselves as so damn smart, but we don't know any history, you know. Those people the, had those people had vision. The kazoo. Oh. You know the little instrument, the kazoo? Yeah. It was invented by an African American man. And I hate saying that by the way, an African American man too. Yeah. By this it was invented man. by a man. What caught my attention was his name. Okay. His name was Alabama Vest. And this is true. So Alabama Vest yeah. invented the kazoo, which is nothing more than a reed that vibrates on the top as you blow into it. If you've ever played a kazoo, it's kind of fun. It's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So he invented it down south, and it became part of a bluegrass-type sound in the background. You know, cool. Well, uh, the kazoo, according to the Kazoo Museum in South Carolina was developed by, you know, as you said, um, Alabama Vest. Yes. But he was a Georgia clockmaker. Who, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, it was actually like, so I'm thinking, was he born in Alabama? Is that why he's named Alabama? No, he was born in Georgia. 
No, yeah, I, I mean, but, but what an odd name, Alabama yeah. Vest. The invention of pasteurization, in many, it may sound obvious, but back in the 1800s, nobody really understood germs or microorganisms. We still don't in this day and age. They had the power to invade living hosts such as humans or animals. We soon came to understand that microorganisms were living organisms existing anywhere, including the air humans breathe. Both were the works of Louis Pasteur, based on the theories proposed by many others. One of the first most practical implementations of the theory was the pasteurization method to sterilize bacteria in wine, milk, and beer. Pasteurization, wow. yeah. So this woman walks into a grocery store. She says to the guy behind the counter, I need 10 gallons of milk mm -hmm. oh. so the guy says what do you need 10 gallons of milk for she says well i understand if i take a milk bath my skin will be fantastic mm. so he says you sure 10 gallons is enough she says i think so he says pasteurized she said no right up to about my neck <laughs> <laughs> very good excellent there you go remember that one you can re rewind the tape Rewind the uh, the show, 15 seconds, okay? I'll let you do it and listen to the joke again. It's very fun. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Who invented the desk stapler? I don't know. I was sitting, I was sitting here doing, doing some prep for the show, and I stapled something, and I said, ah, there we go. Yes. Who invented the desk stapler? And the answer is George McGill. Oh. I I mean, it's crazy, though, because I, you, you could find all this stuff out by just doing the research, which we do for you. Yep. You could say thank you, folks. Thank you, folks. George McGill. It was called the Bendable Paper Fastener originally, and it was licensed in 1867. The patent doesn't come through until 1879, where the patent was two, uh, patent number 212316. And it was called the McGill Single Stroke Staple Press. Thus, the name staple comes into effect. And that's what it would be called from then on. Wow. So 1879 patent came through. So when we get when we tell you that we scour the Internet and other sources, this is what we mean. We just don't sit at our computers and just Google, you know, uh, or search totally useless information about whatever the topic is. Sometimes we do that. But many times it's through the course of our day. Like Roy was saying, he sat down at his desk and saw a desk stapler. Where did that come from? In a previous episode, he talked about how he made a smoothie in the morning and wanted to know where the blender came from. So this is part of how we do our research here on totally useless information with Nick and Roy, including our vast research staff. And she says hello. Uh, the <laughs> <laughs> so we want to thank this person. You let her out of the basement? <laughs> yeah, what's today? Yes, we, we did. Uh, so we want to thank this person for this wonderful invention because without this person, we'd be talking to ourselves, which we do often anyway. The long-distance radio transmission. It's an important piece of technology for modern life. The communication system was the result of continuous development by many different people. But the first workable radio apparatus, and I, and I worked it, was the brainchild of a single Italian, Guillermo Marconi. He devised his wireless telegraphy in 1895. 
that's when he was saying something. And they said, what did you say? He says, telegraphy. <laughs> that's right. Tell everyone. I'll tell you other things, too. <laughs> that's right. What was it what they said when Alexander Graham Bell, when he invented the phone? Like, uh, what was the first thing that he said? Could you imagine? But you'd have to invent two phones, not one, because how could exactly. you? Exactly. If he invented one phone, what is he talking? He had a problem. He talked to himself. Yeah. If he well, got yeah. an answer, that would really be a problem. That's right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> could you imagine? Hello, 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 hello. That's what he said. You know. That's right. Hello, hello. There's nobody on the other end. He hung up. So. That's right. Yeah. Telemarketers. Yeah. I was just going to say, and oddly enough, it was a telemarketer. <laughs> okay. Charlie R. Stevens. I love this one. Okay. And people of the show are going to love this one. All right. Charlie R. Stevens uh, released something in 1984 that he had invented. Right. Charlie was what they call a serial inventor. He had you know, tens of patterns already under his belt. Okay. And Charlie, most of his patents had to do with um, circuitry switches, electrical circuitry switches, things like that. But he's very influential in the electri electrical field. Mm -hmm. People know his name and his products of things that he invented. And again, like I said, he had like 20 patents under his belt before he actually invented this. But this one everyone will know it was called the clapper no <laughs> so nick hit the jingle clap on clap off clap on clap off the clapper there you go the clapper clap on clap off the clapper sounds like something i got in high school <laughs> oh those were the days oh uh, they were <laughs> You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Thanks again for listening. And you go to our website, as we mentioned, go to nickandroy.com. You can check out our library of past episodes. We're now in season seven and over 140 some odd episodes that we've uh, presented just for you, including some holiday specials. So you can check it out at nickandroy.com. As we mentioned, you go to nickandroy.com to click on the birthdays to send someone a very personalized birthday message and you go to nickandroy.com to send us an email what's in the mail bag what's in the mail wanda w that's what I, that's what she wrote. Wanda W. Okay. From Stewart, Florida. She says, "My husband can't stop talking about his birthday message." There you go. Wanda says, "How do you guys do it?" Well, how do we do this show, Wanda? We're perfect, me and Nick. I mean, come on. <laughs> we are amazing, aren't we, Nick? <laughs> yes, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> but she says he cannot stop telling people to listen to the show he's becoming quite annoying she said <laughs> wow she said but really it's the greatest gift i ever got him and she said it was so gratifying to hear that from him he said this was the greatest gift that you ever gave me so how nice is that, Nick? You it guys got to go on nickandroy.com and click on birthdays. It really is a cool gift to get. It is. It really is. Uh, my letter comes from Pauline from Pennsylvania. 
Dear Nick and Roy, we love listening to your show every time it comes out on the podcast. So what I do is I listen to the show, and then the next day I try to stump as many of my, as my friends as I possibly can by telling them some of the facts that you and Roy have presented on the show. So I want to thank you for providing me with the source of useless information. Well, Pauline, you're very welcome. Here's wow. my question. I've heard the expression... I'm living on cloud nine. Where did the cloud nine come from? Oh, wow. In September 1896, Pauline, uh, the greatest cloud in the world was listed as cloud nine in a new cloud classification. And so to be on cloud nine was be, it's like became like floating on the tallest cloud on earth. The story began with Sir Ralph Abercrombie, and his uh, partner, Fitch. No, I'm not sure. Sir <laughs> Ralph Abercrombie, who became fascinated with meteorology while serving in the British Army. So if you're living on cloud nine, you're living basically you're floating on the tallest cloud on earth. You're just fly, like flying in air as you're listening to, to our show. So thank you very much, Pauline. That's a very, very thoughtful. This is why people listen, Nick. That's right. They listen to the they show. They listen to hear this stuff because who the hell in their right mind would know this? <laughs> yeah. You'd be on cloud nine without us. Except Nick. for maybe Abercrombie, but he's long dust, you know? Yes, that's right. <laughs> and he wore great clothes. You're listening to Total Useless Information with Nick and Roy. And now for something completely useless. The picture of Nick. No, <laughs> which you can find out at you can check out at nickandroy.com. You go to about <laughs> us and you'll see our high school pictures. Actually, check and there's that pictures out. of me in my underwear, right? The pictures of you in your underwear, thanks to Manmade Brands, they had uh, come on our show a few episodes ago. Manmadebrands.com and check it out; they're really cool. Okay, so the term starboard. Now you've owned boats, so you know what starboard means. It derives from the old English. Steroboard, meaning the side in which the ship is steered. Mm. Before ships had rudders on their center lines, they were steered with a steering oar at the stern of the ship, on the right-hand side of the ship, because more people were right-handed. Wow. Now you know. There you go. Well, how about this? I'll top your useless information. Okay. With some more useless information about boats. Okay. The word posh means like a hoity-toity, you know, upper crust, you know, yes. the rich people are posh. Yes. Okay. Where does the term come from? Well, steamer ships or cruise ships of their time, the people would go onto the ship and they'd bring their luggage and they were, of course, very wealthy. So they brought big steamer trunks full of clothing because it was a long trip. Mm -hmm. And they would stamp the side of the rich people's um, trunks, posh, P-O-S-H, which stood for port out, starboard home. Wow. So that they never had to see the ugly port itself. They always looked out on the water instead of seeing the food coming on board and the dirty people. They were too wealthy for that and too posh for it. Wow. That is just amazing. Awesome. See, mm -hmm. listen, laugh and learn. That's what we tell you. I mean, I learn lots of stuff on the show, and that doesn't say much, really. Uh, today on the I learned not to look at a picture of Nick for very long. It, it could right. be detrimental. Yeah, if you, look at, <laughs> if you stare at a mirror long enough. Today on the show, we talked about science. We talked about history. 
We talked about inventions. It's time for the news. And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News. An Arkansas man is in the hospital, but he's expected to recover after he was engulfed by a fireball when he was tasered by state police while wearing a backpack with a gallon of gasoline inside. What? Wait a minute. He had a gallon of gasoline in a backpack. That's correct. And this is a man. Because one time I was tasered by police and I had eaten broccoli and beans the night before. That was quite the explosion. Yes, and the officers are still recovering. This is an Arkansas man about 1 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) 1 o'clock in the morning, the Arkansas State Trooper tried to stop a motorcycle in Little Rock that had no visible license plate. The Mm. rider, identified by state police as Christopher Gaylor, 38, drove off at speeds approaching 100 miles an hour. Wow. He ignored With a backpack full of gas. Well, they didn't know that at the time, but he ignored multiple traffic stop signs and traffic lights as he worked his way through Interstate 30, where a second state trooper encountered the motorcyclists. He got off the freeway and later jumped for the motorcycle in a residential area and ran. The motorcycle is seen on fire after being tased by the Arkansas State Police. The motorcycle? Went on fire? The motorcyclist is seen on fire, according to some accounts. One one trooper deployed a taser in an attempt... Wait, the guy jumps off the bike and runs away with the backpack with the gas. Again, they don't know this yet, but yes, he has a backpack. he's carrying this gas with him the whole time. They don't know this yet. All they know is that they have this motorcyclist who was driving over 100 miles an hour, ignored all traffic lights... One state trooper, in order for them to really get him because he was running on foot, the trooper deployed a taser in an attempt to apprehend the suspect. Plus, it's fun. Yes. (laughs) As the barbs of the taser struck Gaylor, a fireball engulfed him. Wow. The police dash cam provided by the Arkansas State Police, shows troopers screaming, he's on fire, and then using an extinguisher. Gee, that's really uh, smart of those guys, huh? They're really quick. He's yeah. on fire. And they're really good in a bad situation. <laughs> Wait course. a minute. So they didn't just tase this guy. They hit him with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it was a bad day for this guy. <laughs> bad day for Mr. Gaylor. An investigation has since revealed that Gaylor was carrying approximately one gallon of gasoline in his backpack. Wow, it's a good thing he didn't just blow up. His face, he faces charges of, of felony fleeing, failure to... They love the alliteration on this, right? He faces yeah. charges of felony fleeing, failure to register a vehicle, the freaking... Anyway, no liability insurance, driving with a suspended license, and reckless driving. Not to mention... He should be put in jail for breaking the cafe standards as far as uh, the consumption of gas goes. (laughs) (laughs) That's correct. The environment, this guy. (laughs) Uh, They're not sure if it was uh, regular, uh, if it was regular or uh, premium. No Arkansas police personnel are under investigation related to the incident, nor has anyone been placed on administrative leave or discipline. But then again, you never know in Arkansas. I mean, they take their sisters to the prom. These people, they'll, they'll walk around with gasoline all over them. <laughs> they may douse themselves with it like cologne. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
Ooh, de la premium. I got a hot date, and they throw the gasoline all over themselves. You know? What what's uh, what's a popular um, gas uh, company down in this in the United States? There. Oh well, you got Shell. Shell, okay. So Mobile. it's ooh de la Shell. <laughs> so this guy is driving a motorcycle, which is hazardous to begin with. Yeah, right. With a gallon of gasoline on his back, so he's like thinks he's Rocket Man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> really, That's right. But if he had fallen off the motorcycle in a spark habit, this man would have blown up either way. So that's just as well that they tased him and then probably they probably shot him and then hit him in the head with the fire extinguisher. As <laughs> probably. Well. I, I, why not? Why not? Arkansas State Police say Gaylor, after abandoning the motorcycle to flee, now this is what their biggest problem is, but all the stuff that went on, this is their biggest problem. Allegedly, mm -hmm. he never stated he was carrying an accelerant in his backpack. Nor was there a placard on the exterior of the backpack indicating that it contained an accelerant. That's true. He should have had one of those symbols like they have on the truck. That's right. <laughs> warning. Warning. Can he might be... have had a tattoo like that. Have they checked them? <laughs> but the... that probably got burnt off. So. It did. So, <laughs> <laughs> warning, this motorcyclist is combustible when tasered. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine this? This goes on in Arkansas. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that where Bill Clinton was from? Uh, Little Rock, as a matter of fact, and I believe, and uh, yeah, that's what the that's what the girls used to call him when he took his clothes off. Little Rock. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> this is all the time that we have for this episode of Totally Useless Information. We will scour the internet and other sources like we always do, even just sitting at a desk, and to bring more totally useless information for you next time. So tell your friends to go to nickandroy.com and look up our birthday thing, which is awesome. And also, never, ever carry gas across the Arkansas state line. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of NickAndRoy.com. Visit NickAndRoy.com to access the full library of episodes or wherever you get your podcasts.